third-year wideout is a dark horse to finish in the top five in his position this upcoming season. What's the proper approach to James Robinson in March FFPC best ball drafts? And is an AFC West offense about to negatively regress in 2021? Plus, $20,000 2020 FFPC best ball winner and $140,000 Circus Survivor champ Todd Kobler drops in to talk about this year's Chase Claypool, targeting Kareem Hunt in FFPC drafts, and much, much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. I can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than me. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Thank you, Rob, and thank you, Quiet Hollers. Remember, our uh, intro music is brought to you by the Quiet Hollers. Remember to check out their music at quiethollers.com. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, as always, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. He is Farrell Elliott. Farrell, how are we doing tonight? Are we, uh, we excited for the NFL draft, which is coming up in less than eight weeks? Are you kidding, Balky? I can't sleep. Literally, I cannot <laughs> sleep. You know, the um, Balky, there is so much stuff in my stack of stuff to speak of, um, including the fact that I'm actually on the clock in an FFPC draft, classic draft right now, so I'm probably most unpopular with all the guys. I probably wish I would make <laughs> my pick. And, um, you know, it's it's just been a, a, a wild week. Uh, we've got free agency forthcoming and I think drafting now and I, I talked about last week how much fun I was having with it I, it's just such a great idea to project what you think is going to happen in free agency it gives a different element to to drafting and, and I'm really enjoying it so uh, I'll get to that after tonight's show but man yeah there's a lot going on it's fun to talk about yeah I feel bad because I was I, I got busy with the kids last night my wife had a night out and I got I got busy trying to put him to bed. I'm like, oh my goodness, I think I might be up in KFFSC, and I was, and I felt bad because it was a six hour clock, and there was only like an hour and a half to go on it, and I made my pick, and I felt bad about it. And to uh, I'm paying my debts, Farrell, because as a result of it, in the 16th round, I took the Cincinnati Bengals defense uh, a couple hours ago. Mm. So I, I feel like I've I've made my amends to this league by taking them. We'll see what happens. I might make a pick before the end of the show tonight. Uh, time will tell on that. 
Hey, if you missed our big announcement, the 2021 Football Guys Players Championship prize structure has been released. It is, once again, a $500,000 grand prize in the contest, but $100,000 for second place. That's right. You can enter for $350, and you can still win $100,000 without even winning the whole thing. Pretty crazy uh, uh, stuff that we got going on there. The early bird is live. Remember, if you register before June 30th, you draft before July 15th, you will get a free FFPC $35 team credit on your account as well. The 2021 best ball drafts are open, including the brand new $5 Cinco Day best ball options. That's right. Draft the best ball team with the FFPC for just $5 right now. Dynasty Orphans still available at myffpc.com slash dynasty for sale. Dynasty Startups, we just launched those this week. The draft started today. We're going to have drafts launching basically now until August. Uh, so if you want to get in while the getting is good, that is right now at myffpc.com slash dynasty. Tim Gilbertson, a guy who won five Dynasty high-stakes titles with the FFPC uh, this past year, is on the Road of His high-stakes lowdown. You can check that out at roadofhis.com slash podcast. And, Farrell, you got a bunch of stuff going on, kffsc.com. Um, classics, best balls, a lot of stuff going on there as well, right? It is. We've had a real good response to people coming in and playing. We have a live league coming up next Wednesday, Bonky. It has room for everyone. We call it the Combine Classic, and that's about as close as anyone's going to get to the Combine this year. <laughs> How do you just as a, just curiously because I know you're an NFL player agent, okay, and I know you deal with this stuff. How how different is it going to be this year as opposed to what we saw in 2020 in, in regards to teams drafting, you know, kind of sight unseen with a lot of these players, running backs, receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, and the like, with a a a, um, a select few invited to the quasi combine in Florida. It's where experience will pay off. It's where feel will pay off. It's these guys that have done their work, general managers have done their work um, throughout the year and getting getting ready for this. And, and yeah, that sounds like uh, Captain Obvious, but just like in any line of work, uh, you've got some guys that are very, very well prepared and way, out of the, uh, way ahead of the curve, and you've got other guys that can't cope with change, and that, that happens in football too. And it's it's going to be interesting if, if – I think the teams at Pro Days are limiting to three uh, members of each NFL team. So if you know if you're looking at a if you're looking at a defensive lineman, well, you want your defensive coordinator there, and you want your your head coach there, and uh, is the general manager going to be there? And that'll have to be three, but that leaves a, a lot of eyes off of that player, especially the scout that scouted him throughout his uh, tenure and whatever region that player may be from. So, yeah, it's, it's an adjustment. As far as the combine is concerned, you know, Balky, one of these days, I'd love for you to come in for two or three days at the combine and just hang out. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I talk yeah. about, oh, I've known this guy for a long time or, or, you know, I have a feel for who this football person is or, oh, I've met that player and I really like him as a guy. Uh, most of that happens at the combine. If it's not, if it's not the only place that it happens, it's the first place that it happens. So I, uh, and the fact that it's 110 miles from my home in Indianapolis has been a gift too. They used to have three bulky. They used to have three competing combines: Tampa, New Orleans, Seattle, 
I went to all of them. So did everyone else in the NFL. Man, oh, man, what a road show. That was a whole other time. I have a feeling that if uh, if things return to quasi-normal in uh, the spring of 2022, probably a safe bet that I will be able to join you on the Combine uh, next year. I'm, I'm looking forward to that as a dynasty fantasy football player, as a, just a fantasy football fan as well. That will be a lot of fun. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to talk about Noah Fant. Is he fool's gold in 2021, or is he a player to target? Plus $20,000 2020 FFPC best ball winner and $140,000 circus survivor champ Todd Kovler will hook up with us shortly to talk about how he gets value in the early FFPC 2021 best ball leagues, being flexible with roster construction, and so much more. Thanks to Football Guys, Draft Sharks, Rural World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Talk about Cliff Kingsbury and Chase Edmonds, because Kingsbury said this week his coaching staff is pretty confident that he, that Edmonds uh, will be or can be the primary running back for Arizona, this according to a report on profootballtalk.com. Kingsbury actually used the phrase bell cow when referring to Chase Edmonds. This is, of course, a couple of weeks before Kenyon Drake becomes a free agent. Now, Drake um, did not, uh, he did not participate in week nine for the Arizona Cardinals last year. Edmonds took 25 carries for 70 yards against the Dolphins, and he didn't see more than 11 carries in a game for the rest of the season and obviously was nicked up along the way. The quote from Kingsbury. We all understand that he's unfortunately been nicked up a couple of times, which we want to keep him on the field, but we have all the confidence in the world in Chase and him being able to be the bell cow if this is how it plays out. Now, Edmonds last year saw 67 targets. That was fourth most on the team and fifth most among all running backs. If Kenyon Drake does indeed sign with somebody else, Farrell, you would think that Edmonds could inherit a bell cow role in Arizona. My question to you, knowing what we know right now, knowing if you are drafting in Kentucky best ball, which I am, and in FFPC best ball, which you are, how do you handle Chase Edmonds for the Arizona Cardinals? Well, if you've got a feel for Chase Edmonds, I would say you're doing a little better uh, than his coach. Uh, (laughs) Cliff, uh, Let's just say that Cliff confuses me, uh, and and these these statements are confusing. Um, and he's he needs to make a decision about his personnel and go forward with it. I, this quote: uh, How can you feel anything into this? But we have all the confidence in the world in Chase and him being able to be the bell cow. If that's how this plays out, well, he's the guy that's going to determine how it plays out. So you know, we'll stay tuned. You know, so do you uh, draft the player and hope that the fickle coach makes the decision with his 13 and 18 lifetime record in the NFL? I don't know. Uh, I, I just don't know about this club. They did sign J.J. Watt, though. They did sign J.J. Watt, indeed. Wisconsin's own J.J. Watt going to the desert in Arizona. Chase Edmonds is the running back 34 in FFPC best balls over the last week going on average at the 909, as high as the 809, as late as the 1102. He is going on average at the 909 in best ball drafts right now. Certainly, like Farrell said, if you're a believer in him, that is a bargain at the 909 right now. Let's move on to talk about a receiver that was huge for me last year, at least for part of the season. But Terry McLaurin, uh, the Washington football team receiver, said he played through not one, but two high ankle sprains last season. This reported by Nikki Jabala on Twitter. Now, 
We knew about the one ankle sprain, which happened eh, about midway, maybe three-fifths of the way through the season. Um, We don't know exactly whether the second high ankle sprain was to the same foot. We don't know when exactly it happened. Uh, But when you consider that Alex Smith took over as the Washington football team quarterback and he was checking down uh, so much as he is wont to do, certainly you can understand why McLaurin did not reach the ceiling that a lot of fantasy players thought he might get to when they drafted him back in July, August, and September. In fact, the second half of the season was not a good one for Terry McLaurin. However, 25 years old, still one of the best receivers in football. You would think, Farrell, that he is going to have a big 2021 season if he has a decent quarterback, if he has recovered from these ankle injuries. Right now, uh, in FFPC best balls, as I said at the, at the top of the show, he is going as wide receiver 16 on average at the 412. So that 412, 501 turn, Farrell, to me, I don't know how you feel, that screams as a bargain to me. This is one of the bargains that I hope will last into August and into September. This is one of the finest players. He is bulletproof. You know, he will go high in Kentucky just based on the props from Jason Kahn and the boys from Team Shocker. You know, this guy... It, to me, is just a player that we haven't begun to see his potential ceiling. And whoever gets the quarterback job, be it an underachieving blue-collar quarterback with a history that they think they can do something with, or whether they go out and land somebody interesting to be on this club, McLaurin still will rise to the top. And they'll be in competitive games based on that NFC East. I mean, look. All the problems they had this past year and this player being injured, this was still a playoff team that gave the Super Bowl champions one of the better games in the uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, no question about that, too, for sure. I love McLaurin last year. I love him again this year. I will be targeting him heavily in a lot of my leagues. Let's talk about another receiver. You just mentioned the world champs, Chris Godwin. He got a uh, Super Bowl ring last year, and he said he wants to remain in Tampa Bay, but he also wants to get paid, this according to James Palmer on Twitter. Now, Godwin says, you know, you don't think, like, you read between the lines on this, Farrell, you don't think he's going to give the the Buccaneers a home team discount, even though they were the ones who drafted him out of Penn State a few years ago. Godwin said, an extension would be ideal. I want to be in Tampa, but I want to get paid, too. Bruce Arian says they want to bring back Chris Godwin. He obviously would be a huge tool in this Tom Brady-led Buccaneers offense. And he probably won't sign elsewhere. What I'm trying to get uh, in touch with you on this, they still have Mike Evans. They still have Antonio Brown. Obviously, um, Ronald Jones will be a part of this offense. Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, who finished the year on IR last year. Chris Godwin, wide receiver 13 at the 407 in FFPC best ball over the last week. Thanks to Fantasy Mojo, Darren Armani at FantasyMojo.com for bringing us this ADP. Does that seem too rich to you? For Chris Godwin in the mid-fourth round, Farrell? Not at all. There's a couple players I like a little better, and we'll get to that. But, no, I think that uh, I think that positions Godwin still as a bargain. I would love with where, these, uh, where he's available to uh, stack him uh, with Evans. And, yeah, you know, he's going to be able to achieve um, what he needs to do uh, with making his money and what he wants to do with staying a buck because – uh, he'll he'll get the franchise tag that will keep him uh, in Tampa. He's 24 years old. 
agents say, oh, man, he got this you know, franchise tag. What happens if he gets hurt? Well, you know, a young player, uh, he gets hurt, and he will recover. Now, people can make the argument that they should tag the uh, uh, the linebacker, uh, Barnett, the 29-year-old player, but I, I believe that, that this would be a good thing for the player to make the 16 uh, – Sixteen and a half million this year off the tag, and then after another year takes place, then make his move into free agency. I really think he's positioned to get the best of both worlds. And when they do tag him, they can continue to negotiate through the tag until uh, until mid July. Yeah, they will have that opportunity if they choose to go down that road. And I think Chris Godwin, obviously a young, super efficient highly uh, valuable player in that Buccaneers offense. They're probably going to find a way to keep him on board going forward. Um, And when you look at him going at the mid-fourth round after 12 receivers off the board, which is later than he was going at this point last year, certainly strikes to me as being a bargain for high-stakes fantasy football drafters. We have Todd Kobler, the winner of the $20,000 purse in the FFPC Best Ball Contest last year, as well as a $140,000 winner in the Circa Pro Football Survivor Contest last year. Just coming up in one minute here, the last thing I want to get to before we get to Todd is Ian Rappaport's report on Kenny Galladay. Apparently, he is a strong franchise tag candidate with the Detroit Lions. The full quote from Ian Rappaport, I'll be very surprised if he's actually available. The Lions going to be over $20 million um, over the cap right now. I know they just signed Tyrell Williams. Um, who the Las Vegas Raiders just cut. Um, but Jared Goff also gets $27.5 million to them after that uh, Stafford trade that they made with the Rams. It's going to be tough to get a long-term deal with Galladay. You would like to think that his market is probably going to be between 16 and $18 million going forward. And the Lions are rebuilding right now. New head coach, coaching staff, new quarterback. Um, they could tag and trade him. With another team this season, although I have not heard a whole lot of teams reported at being the business end of that scenario, over the cap projects the franchise tender for wide receivers to fall somewhere between 16 and 16 and a half million. Farrell, how do you feel about drafting Kenny Galladay right now in FFPC drafts, knowing that on average over the last few, uh, excuse me, uh, beg your pardon, over the last seven days, Kenny Galladay is going um, at the 6.02 as wide receiver 23. Ooh, I would love to get in some of those drafts. I'm in classic drafts. He's gone, I'm in three of them. He's gone 5.1, five, 5.2, five, and 5.4, which is a steal. You know, drafters always say, where do you want to draft from? Well, where, you know, oh, I like the end. I, I don't never like the middle. You know, I don't want to be at the front. Boy, this is a year to be at the front. If you can turn that 4-5 turn, and have a player like Kenny Galladay. Let's talk about when he was healthy, Balky. 11 touchdowns. 11 yeah. touchdowns and an erratic passing attack. Now, this is why he's not going anywhere. And I don't want to cut into our guest time, so I'll try to be quick about it. We said on this show, an earlier episode, that golf should stay with L.A., that this is foolish. They're not talking about this. And at the time, I think concurrently when we were talking about that, I did not understand that Brad Holmes was going to get the job as the general manager of Detroit. And Brad Holmes has been working for the Los Angeles Rams when they were the St. Louis Rams ever since 2003. 
he was the director of college scouting uh, and has been so for the last uh, eight years. Now he's the Detroit Lions general manager. But while he was at L.A., you know, a director of college scouting, all those guys that go to the combine, rarely do any of them ever get a chance to pick the first player in the draft. Brad Holmes did. He picked Jared Goff. Jared Goff is his guy. When they made that trade, everybody talked about, well, Detroit picked the Rams' pocket. They got all those draft picks. And, yeah, Holmes is excited about those draft picks, but he's most excited about his quarterback that he picked first in 2016. And he's not going to let Kenny Galladay get anywhere away. So Kenny Galladay gets the franchise tag. That's about all they can do. They can keep negotiating, but the money in this strange year where we don't even know exactly what the cap is yet is not going to appear. But he's going to bring this player, he's going to bring this quarterback and this wide receiver together. I really think Kenny Galladay is a 100-catch wide receiver with double-digit touchdowns, and we're finally going to see over a 16-game season just what this player can do. I think this is one of the finest receivers in the league. And the guys that are drafting at the first of the draft, where they can get this player at the end of the fourth round, beginning of the fifth round, they're going to be very, very hard to beat stacking it up early with some of those top running backs. This is a, this is a, if you pull an early number uh, in the draft, uh, you're in a very, very good shape, uh, at least right now. And so, so Farrell, I think this, this is the whole thing comes back to this. Our mascot of the show, Ron Meyer at two packer on Twitter says, Kenny Galladay is not a wide receiver. Number one for 2021 Farrell, you believe. Kenny Galladay is, in fact, a wide receiver one. That is the only thing that Tupacker has ever been wrong about that I know. <laughs> uh, it, it really is. And, and it, you know, and, and I can forgive him that because he just, he just doesn't see it. You know, Cliff Klingsbury might be coach of the year next year. I don't see it. You know, we can all miss on something, but it is uncommon. Tupacker doesn't miss often, but he's way out of line on this one. Well, let's see if he re, if he refutes that, if he switches his uh, line of thinking on that. It is a long drafting season. We are only in March 5th right now. Um, Tupacker plenty, has plenty of time to right the wrongs of his passage. Let's get to tonight's <laughs> guest before we talk about Warren Tupacker. He cashed nearly $20,000 in FFPC best ball drafts last year, including one 1250 big dog best ball title. He also won nearly $140,000 in the first ever 2020 inaugural Circo Survivor Pro Football Contest out in Las Vegas. He's here tonight how, uh, to tell us how he accomplished both of those things. You follow him on Twitter at DGFL9. Please welcome in Todd Kovler to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Todd, thank you so much for making some time and hopping aboard with us tonight, man. What's up, Eric? What's up, Farrell? Thanks for having me, man. I'm honored. A pleasure. Pleasure to have you. It is an honor for us to welcome you aboard tonight. I know you and I have exchanged some emails over the course of the last couple of weeks. But before we go any further, tell the listeners what you did do for a living and currently what you're doing to to soak up your time out in Southern California. I was a mailman 15 years. Then I went to corrections, and I was a correction officer. So basically a prison guard. Did that for 10 Tore up my knees twice. They medically retired me, so now I'm retired. Been retired since I'm 42 years old. Now I'm 50, so I've been retired for about eight years, and basically full time right now. 
I'm doing DraftKings, FanDuel, Super Contest, Circa, and of course FFPC. So Todd, Ooh, when you Todd, talk you're about doing have like, to add the Balky, Todd's going to have to add the KFFSC to his resume. Yes, There's he nothing will. Nothing we like better than than young retirees. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah, you got to send me some info on that. I don't really know nothing about that. Send me some info on that because you know, being a degenerate, I'm down to do anything. <laughs> Todd, Todd, trust me, the info is already on your way. I'm just ca- kind of okay. curious because I'm I'm getting primed up for my fantasy baseball auctions coming up over the next few weeks. Are you playing DFS like um, baseball coming up? DFS basketball after the All Star break. So are you like DFS hockey? Are you a full full three hundred sixty five days a year like playing daily stuff? No, just just football. I do football, and then I go hard in football, and then basically I dabble March Madness. No tournament, no uh, brackets. Just on games, I usually go to Vegas for a week, open around. I go for about a week for the playing games, and then I stay for two games over the weekend, and then I just dabble on that, and then basically it's football. I just concentrate on football, baseball, pro basketball. That's a grind. That's every day. Football is bad enough once a week, man. Yeah, uh, exactly. I can understand that, Bob. Yeah, no, it totally. I, I get it as well, uh, for sure, as far as that goes. Fair, listen, um, Todd, Farrell's going to ask you a question here about um, roster construction, at least early on. The last thing I want to get, and I promise the listeners we will get into fantasy football. I know you're a big March Madness guy. If there's one team that wins the tournament this year, and it's not Gonzaga, and it's not Baylor, who's it going to be? Well, Michigan, you left them out. I think Michigan. Yeah, no. So, so Michigan, I left them up because Illinois just beat them by about 130 in Ann Arbor this past weekend. But you still believe in them? Oh yeah, I think a I think a boat whooping like that helped the team out like that to put things in perspective going into the tourney. So I, I think that's a good uh, good butt whooping, man. And they actually lost against the Illinois squad that didn't even have their best player. Right. But I think having Dwan Howard, you guys are talking college basketball <laughs> in, in the middle of, of our exquisite <laughs> fantasy football show. And, and, and but Todd, I understand exactly what you're saying about the other sports. I love them too. But it seems like that you share love of football. There was a time when I was representing NBA basketball players, but football just there is no off season. It totally overwhelms everything, and if it's your true love, then uh, you you've got to you you've got to side with it. It looks to me like you love running backs. Uh, I just did a classic draft. I tried to follow your lead. Uh, I took four of the first five position as running backs. It looks like in your big dog winner that you had uh, that you used five of your first eight picks on running backs to win. Does that approach? Is it going to be a prevalent approach for you this coming year? And will you do that across most formats? No. On this particular draft, 10 out of the 12 were running backs. So that means I got to hop on board. I got to hop on board and I got to try to get what I need to get. If I start dabbing in receivers, there's going to be nothing left bottom of the barrel. So I kind of go – with the way the draft is going, and then that's how I draft. Like, I won this draft, and I had Mixon as my first pick, 
and he barely played the whole year. Right. So I think I won this draft by getting Mike Davis at the end of the draft, 27th round. I got Mike Davis. If mm. uh, McCaffrey goes down, I don't think I win this draft. But if you know a lot about football, I love 28 rounds because my roster is going to be stacked because I know a lot about ball, and that helps me out. Yeah, to 28th round, there's still lots of guys that you want to have on your team. And, and Balky, do you remember when, when McCaffrey was getting picked and people would say, well, I don't think Davis will be the backup if something happens with McCaffrey. Do you remember all that? Oh, my God. Like, it was so rough for me. Like, so rough because I was of the believer. I'm like, he is not a special player. They will want to take, an, uh, take advantage of a young up-and-comer, a guy who potentially could be the guy. And then what happens? It was the also-ran. It was Mike Davis. It was the aging running back that not only filled the void, but he was, he was catching passes as well. And anybody who drafted him had such a massive leg up on, 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 the, um, on the competition. And, Todd, you snuffed that out, right? I mean, you knew, like, Mike Davis was worth the pick late rather than some of the other younger players in Carolina, rather than some of the other young running backs, you know, across the NFL. You snuffed that out. You knew it was Mike Davis, right? Oh, definitely, definitely. Because like you said, the last two rounds, you're getting uh, – Pipe barely made the roster. So I'm like, you know what? Mike Davis is a good bet. I remember him on the Niners. I'm a Niner fan. I remember him in college. The Bears really didn't give him a lot of love. So he didn't have a lot of models on him. And when he had his opportunity this year against Carolina, man, that dude was running hard. He played good ball. Yes, he did. And certainly uh, we're talking to a guy who played – a lot of good fantasy football last year in Todd Kohler, who won the uh, 140th. Well, he won two. He was uh, part of a, a, a big tie in the Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest last year, winning nearly $140,000 in that. Won nearly $20,000 in FFPC Best Ball Leagues last year. We have him on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. Todd, I know you're already drafting for 2021. Um, 28 rounds. You talked about it earlier. How flexible are you on the number of players you have at each position? Are you willing to go two quarterbacks instead of three, two defenses, two kickers instead of three? Are you willing to go maybe five tight ends instead of four or three tight ends instead of how do you, how do you normally uh, um, exude your flexibility when you're drafting these leagues? I usually get three quarterbacks no matter what, but then the other positions, I can either go more or go less. For instance, if I get Kelsey, I'm not going to get four tight ends. I'm going to probably get three tight ends, and that means I have an extra roster spot for another position group that I think might be weaker as the draft goes on. So I always, like I said, every draft is different because it always depends on what everybody else does. When you get into a draft, it's unique. Every draft is unique because – Everybody's thinking of something different, and they got their own opinions. That's why fantasy football is the best, because if you know football and you stick to what you know, I think you have an edge on other people. Other people pick with their favorite teams. They have biases. Mm-hmm. Not me, man. I, if I have a guy that burned me last year, and I think he's in a good position this year, I'll go right back to him. Short-term memory. Sticking to what right. you know is, is so important to what you see. Your eyes are not going to lie to you. 
that's a great way to approach these drafts, especially the 28-rounders. I, you know, considering uh, some of your past work, I will say that you uh, have criminally acquired my favorite player last year in the 26th round uh, when you when you grabbed Chase Claypool. I cannot <laughs> believe that Chase Claypool in this format would be available in the 26th round. And Balky will tell you in Kentucky if if – if uh, you didn't uh, draft Claypool, it, uh, I would ask you why. Now, this year, <laughs> I've, I've been in six or eight drafts so far. I don't have him anywhere. So I want to find the guy that uh, will be the 2021 Claypool, and I want you to pay your debt to the league right now, Todd, by telling us the favorite rookie receiver that uh, with your strong eye you have found that might have a Claypool-like year uh, forthcoming? All right, this, this, this is a tough question to answer, man, because first of all, we don't know what team these rookies right. are going to, so so we don't know the opportunity that they're going to get. So mm-hmm. I don't really have one going that far. The one I really like is the middle rounds is Rashad Bateman. I think that mm-hmm. guy can actually come in and be a mm-hmm. star. He's 6'2". He can play inside. He can play outside. He's versatile. He's a deep threat. He can catch a short pass, take it to the house, and he can do sideline passes. So this dude is an all-around wide receiver, and they're saying maybe fifth receiver picked in the draft. So I kind of like him as a guy that I'm going to draft high middle rounds. I think he's going about 12 to 15 right now. For me to get a guy going 27, 28th round, I don't even know because I don't know what position they're going to be in. Like this draft that I did, this was where Claypool was already on Pittsburgh and I already knew about him, and I thought it was a good scenario, so that's why I got him. So somebody right now to say later in the round, I don't really have anybody except for this Bateman rookie. And he's less celebrated too, a Minnesota Golden Gopher bulky. Uh That's good eyes, brother. That's that's a uh... Uh, that's a good player, and I can see that happening too. You know, I'll give you this shameless plug for Tim Gilbertson on the road of his high stakes uh, lowdown this past week. We were talking about um, rookies coming into the season from a dynasty perspective, and he mentioned um, Bateman. And I, I, I don't think I said this on the air, but I was thinking it while he was answering my question. Bro. Like Bateman was a dude I was interested in last year in rookie drafts until he decided to come back for another season with the Minnesota Golden Gophers. I like him quite a bit um, going into this season, no question, uh, as far as that goes. Bateman makes a lot of sense uh, in 2021. Redress. Uh, just, just quickly on this, Todd, when you are drafting these best ball leagues in January and February and now early March here, how many rookies – what's the sweet spot for how many rookies you like to have on your team? Is it zero? Is it maybe three or four? Is it more than that? Or do you not care? How, how do you normally target rookies in these best balls? I'd say about three to five. And, and three to five rookies, too, I think, like, um, it allows you for the right amount of variance where, where you can really cash in on some value if these guys land in the right spots. And if you get them late enough, it, it doesn't really matter if you miss on them because you have the opportunity – um, to, to make sure you're collecting points with the other uh, veterans you drafted in the spot. So three to five certainly makes sense, especially 
when you're talking about a 28-round draft, too. Um, one of the big reasons that people draft this early is because they're getting value, taking advantage of rookies falling. They're taking advantage of veterans mm-hmm. falling and, and getting cashing in on value. Todd, when you look at getting value in these drafts early on in the 2021 season, what is the way you do that? How do you cash in on value? What players or, or maybe what positions are you targeting as far as the ones you want to take risks on right now in drafts? Okay, so, yeah, the three, let me go back to the other question because I didn't really say I just said three to five. So three to five is, like you said, a sweet spot, and that would be not rookies in the first three or four rounds, probably later on where I feel like you have an opportunity to maybe be a bell cow and nobody knows about. So that's why I say three to five receivers that aren't uh, high-profile guys that aren't going top five. So that's a three to five mark on that. The other question you got is going to be free agents, where I think they're going and where I think they're, go- they're coming. Coming and going are free agents. So if I feel like a guy was splitting time with another starter at a certain position, and now I think he's going to sign with another team and be the main guy, I like that value. So it all depends on where he's going. And then also the guy that's leaving, the other guy that's staying on the team, are they going to draft another player? Are they going to pick up a free agent? Or is that guy the one that's going to get all the work? It's all about snaps and opportunities. That's what it's all about in this. Man, you say it very, very well. A player last year that got huge opportunity, and we'll stay with the rookie theme, uh, was James Robinson. Uh, I remember sitting in Las Vegas, and I looked at the board, and I said, man, I'm in the ninth round. Should I pull the trigger on Robinson? No, he's going to come around the corner to me, and I'll get him in the tenth. I drafted a very good player in the ninth. The guy sitting in the spot took Robinson. He also took the division, and I think when you when you know a rookie um, th- that can come in, uh, that you question a lot of things about him, especially when he's not drafted. How long have you been playing fantasy football, Todd? Oh, I've been playing uh, probably about 15 years, regular fantasy uh-huh. football, and I've been dabbling in best ball probably the last five years. So you go back to at least being familiar with some of these guys like uh, Fred Jackson and Priest Holmes, Arian Foster, oh. our own, oh, yeah. you know, our own uh, Austin Eckler. You know, these were all non-drafted players. But in James Robinson's case, people just didn't believe it, I think, because he was undrafted. And that's what I would call a very, very deep sleeper. So let's talk about... Will, like the other four guys I just mentioned, will he become a household word as an NFL running back? Will he continue that incredible year? Is he a player that you're targeting this coming season? No, I'm definitely off of Jabe Robinson because I think he was number six in total snaps as a running back last year. He played like almost every snap all the time. They had nobody. Remember, they got rid of Fournette in preseason. Then they had Chris Thompson. He got hurt. So this guy played a lot, man. I think they're going to draft a running back, and I think that they're going to get some free agents. They're not going to run this guy like he did. So I'm definitely off of him. I don't like getting guys that had a great year last year, and now I'm going to try to hop on the bandwagon thinking that 
he's going to do it again. I'll let everybody else go for that, just like in FanDuel draft games. If one player gets off one week, everybody owns them the next week. When everybody's yep. digging, I'm zagging. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Very good. It's smart. I mean, it's totally smart. And, and that's the way you, you make a lot of money playing, you know, DFS, you playing FFPC best ball, whatever that is. Um, when, when you're going the other way, that is how you separate yourself. That is how you make a lot of money. We are talking with Todd Kobler, the winner of uh, 20000 nearly $20,000 in the FFPC best ball competition last year, nearly $140,000 in the Circuit Survivor Pro Football Contest out in Vegas this past year. We want to get into that in a little bit, but before we do, I, I do want to talk a, a little bit about running backs in the third round. Now, a lot of people, it's a no-brainer. You're, you're, you're taking a running back if you have a top three, top four pick in best ball drafts right now, Todd, but when you get back down to the third round, let's say you're drafting at the beginning of the third round, as you would be if you're drafting at the top of the first round in the FFPC. I'm going to throw three options at you. You tell me who your favorite is among Josh Jacobs from Las Vegas, Joe Mixon from Cincinnati, and Miles Sanders in Philadelphia. If you had to pick one of those three, who is your favorite among Jacobs, Mixon, and Sanders? I would go Mixon. The reason why is Josh Jacobs doesn't catch enough passes for me. Miles Sanders has a new coaching staff. I think their defense is going to be horrible. I think they have to throw a lot. And I think Mixon in that offense with Burroughs and the other weapons they got, I think he's going to be a bell cow. Now, remember, I drafted him number one in this draft, and you would think I would go, oh, my God, he burned me. I don't like him. I'm not going to draft him. But like I said, short-term memory, nothing personal, I'm going to, I'll just draft him again if he's available. Right. And, and, and too, I think, you know, I, I think you look at that, too. Like, it, it's weird, um, Todd, as we look at this, because I think a lot of people have polarizing takes, not just necessarily for 2021, but over the course of the careers for Jacobs, Mixon, and Sanders. You seem to be fairly dialed in. You, you already know which way you're, you're going in on this. Do you feel like you've made up your decision on players like this, you know, heading into your drafts, or is this something that you sort of make up your mind when you're on the clock, especially when you're talking about rounds two, three, and four? No, I just kind of like, uh, I got a good eyeball test, like Farrell was saying, like watching games and really dialed in. I don't talk on the phone. I'm not texting. I'm in my own little man cave, and I'm dialed in, man. So I got a good eye test, and, like I said, Josh Jacobs, he didn't catch a lot of passes, so I'm not really too right. fond of him. And it seems like Bar- uh, Scott, the backup for Philly, he was like 5'6", and they gave him a lot of love. I don't know why. I like Sanders. Sanders <laughs> is a beast, but Nixon, that dude's an all-around athlete, man. If he's uh, healthy and sits out his offense, man, that offense ain't no joke. They got weapons. That's where it is, Todd. I tell everyone, I say, you've got to watch the games. If you can watch the games, red zone is the most fun that you can ever do. But if you're going to devote your time to red zone, you've got to watch some of the replay of the games. It's a condensed game. You've got to watch the games. If you watched last year the Cleveland Browns, and this is this is very interesting. Balky did some, some research on this. Um Kareem Hunt finished 10th in production among running backs last year. 
Nobody wants him this year. Uh, going if compared to all the other top running backs, he's RB twenty three. Now there were three hundred and eighty eight carries to divide up in that backfield last year amongst those running backs. I think Kareem Hunt's going to get enough to be productive. Are the drafters right, or, or am I right? And are you which way are you leaning uh, in regards to Kareem Hunt? Uh, when you move into your next draft? Uh, me and you are right. I'm on Hunt. I had Hunt last year. That team wants to run the rock. They really don't want to throw the ball. I don't even know why they got Odell Beckham. They don't even use him right. <laughs> they got Landry. Landry's a possession receiver, but they're not throwing bombs. They, they want to run the ball and, and, and control the game, play smart defense. So I'm on, I'm on Hunt, man. Hunt, that's like a 50-50 split. Or maybe he gets 60-40. But I'm definitely on him over Hilaire. Hilaire's not the bell cow. Damian Williams is coming back from COVID. So I'm not, I'm, I don't like Hilaire more than Hunt because that offense, they, they throw the ball. KC throws the ball. Um, let's see. What's up? Swift. Who knows yep. about Swift? Second-year running back, new coaching staff, no defense. They're going to be falling behind every time. I don't like Swift. Dobbins, not sure about Bobbins. Dobbins' workload. I know, uh, uh, what's his name's not there no more. Who's the, other, who's, the, who's the other running back from New Orleans that they got rid of? Mark Ingram? Yep, Ingram. They don't got Ingram no more. So I think Dobbins and Edwards, I think they'll be splitting the rock. So I know for sure Hunt's getting the ball, and they want to run the ball. And I'm confident with him. Hey, let me ask you something, um, um, Todd. When you talk about the uh, the Browns running attack, because right now FFPC drafters are selecting Nick Chubb at the 201. Um, that's right ahead of Cam Akers. That's right ahead of Austin Eckler. It's behind Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, so are you staying away, knowing what you think about Chubb? It, or no, it, uh, beg your pardon. Knowing what you think about Kareem Hunt, are, is Chubb an easy fade at that one-two turn? Oh. Definitely, yeah. I would. I'd rather take Hunt and Chubb and get another running back where somebody else is going to take Chubb because no matter what Chubb does, Hunt's playing a lot. So I don't care if Chubb gets off and starts dominating. Hunt's playing regardless, and that coaching staff kind of wants a 50-50 split. They want to keep those guys fresh all during the year. So I think the other scenarios that I named, those are scenarios that we really don't know how the coaching staff is going to use those new guys with that scenario, but we know for sure Cleveland, they're going to run both of those guys in about 50-50 split. And if somehow Chubb goes down, oh, man, now you've got a real hunt like a number one running back. Todd, let me – let me. Uh, I want to get to a couple of emails here um, from, from some listeners here. The, the first one is from uh, Bobby in Walcott, Connecticut. He writes, hey, hi, Todd, at tight end – are you drafting George Kittle or Darren Waller next after Travis Kelsey goes off the board? Congrats on the big season. Bobby in Walcott, Connecticut, thank you so much for your email. So it seems like everybody is drafting Travis Kelsey in the FFPC first among tight ends. In fact, he has an ADP of 104. Waller and Kittle, they're pretty bunched up at the 111-112 spot. Uh, Todd, do you have a feeling on those tight ends as far as which one you would draft first? 
Yeah, that's a tough one, man. I think that's that's basically a coin toss. I don't think you can go wrong by drafting either of those guys. Kelsey's a little better than Kittle, and Kittle and Waller are, like, right there. So you're talking about a 1A, a 1B, and a 1C. Those guys, all three, all, three, all three of those guys are studs, man. So, like, I think they're all equal. If you take injuries away in their offenses, they line up wide. They do everything. They line up those guys up. They use those guys good. And then, of course, you got Andrews. And then you got a few other guys that maybe you can kind of creep up there. Hawkerson, I don't know about Pitts. I'm not too fond of a, a rookie tight end getting drafted right. like that. I'm, so I'm, I'm off of him. Logan Thomas, only reason he did good was Alex Smith loves throwing five-yard passes to tight ends and running backs. He's not there no more. <laughs> so, here you go with that. So, so okay, so, Todd, I, I, we, we'll get into a little bit of that here uh, in a little bit. But one other email I want to get to be, before I turn it back over to Farrell comes from my buddy Phil in Marquette, Michigan, and he has a Broncos question. He writes, What's up, Todd? Is Cortland Sutton a good player to target this year? I feel like coming off the injury, the presence of Judy and Hamler and questionable quarterback play is really holding him down in FFPC drafts right now. That is Phil in Marquette, Michigan. And for the listeners who are curious right now, FFPC drafters are drafting Cortland Sutton as wide receiver 30 at the 711. That's right. He's going right at the 708. Or excuse me. I beg your pardon. 78 turn right behind DJ Chark, right behind Jamar Chase, right ahead of Juju Smith Schuster and Tyler Boyd. Uh, Todd, your thoughts going forward on Cortland Sutton for 2021? I like Sutton. I think he's a stud. But like uh, he said, it's all up to Locke. Locke is like right. the big question mark. Are they. Are they going to stick with Locke? Are they trying to make a trade for Watt? Are they drafting a, a quarterback? Are they going to bring in Fitzpatrick? Who knows what they're going to do, but I don't, I don't like Locke. Locke is horrible to me. And as a matter of fact, I had a good bet last year. I had Denver under seven and a half wins. So I, I made that bet before the season started because everybody was on Locke. And I didn't like – why were they on him? Just because he did good the year before – the last three or four games when he played against teams that were out of contention in the playoffs. So I, way too much hype. But I like Sutton. I love Judy. I think Stats a stud. Hamlin's a beast. They got weapons, man. But if you don't have a quarterback, what good is the weapons? So let me ask you this, Todd. Yeah. And I know Farrell has, has one final question for you before I let you go. But I know you're drafting in a ton of FFPC leagues right now. How are you handling those Broncos um, skill position players? I mean, are you drafting them assuming Locke is the quarterback? Are you drafting them assuming they do something different? Maybe a guy like Deshaun Watson. If, if you are a guy giving advice for people drafting in FFPC best balls right now, what do you say to them when they ask you, hey, Todd, what do I do with these Broncos guys like Cortland, Cortland Sutton? Right now, I'm not drafting no Broncos because of the quarterback situation. So as far as right now, I'm avoiding those. And if people draft those guys and somehow they benefit, then that means they beat me to the punch. But I'm going to wait until after the draft and figure out the quarterback situation, and then I'll reevaluate my situation with the Bronco players. There you go, Farrell. 
Yeah, that's why that had me thinking. I had to reflect on that one a little bit. I, they, uh, <laughs> you're a very good guest, a very very good guest, Mister Coleman. I really appreciate Thanks, you man. coming appreciate on it. tonight. We've talked about a lot of players, probably more players with you than any guest we've had, and you've carried it. Uh, you you are like Josh Jacobs. You've carried all the balls tonight as you've uh, <laughs> as you brought us these answers. Thanks a lot, man. So let me ask you this. Um. Who will you not be drafting? We already see that it's Chubbs. You've already answered that question. But give us perhaps another player early on that is on your X list. And then uh, a sleeper. And and I don't have to have a deep, deep sleeper. I, I, I want a guy that might be – it might be around eight, nine, ten. If you've got uh, a Robbie Anderson kind of guy that was in the 14th, 15th round that uh, went ahead and caught 100 passes, if you know that, give him to us. But give us those two guys, a guy you're going to avoid and a guy that you'll consider a sleeper. One I'm avoiding is Thielen. Regression coming for him. I'm not on him. Another mm. guy is Montgomery, running back Bears. Cohen was out. That's why Montgomery got all the passing downs. That's why he was the bell cow. Once Cohen comes back, Montgomery's workload is definitely going to be softened. Uh, we already mentioned Swift, Robinson, Dobbins, not on those guys because uh, question marks. Uh, guys that I like, not that far up, maybe fifth, sixth round. I like the Rams receivers right now because I think Stafford's a big upgrade compared to golf. So I like Cooper Cup, and I like Woods, and Robert Woods gets some carries. He had about 24 carries last year and a few touchdowns. So that's, that's huge as a receiver, getting rushing yards and getting uh, opportunities. The guy that uh, I might take, here's another guy, is he's re-signing or he's going to a new squad, Curtis Samuel. That's mm-hmm. another guy where Ohio State, he did everything, First few years of Carolina, didn't really do much. And then last year, they actually lined him up in the backfield, and they gave him carries. So if he can go to another team where he's not the number one, I think, I think he can definitely be like a, a Robbie Anderson from last year. Surprised a lot of people. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, Todd, I want to, I want to bring this up since you mentioned Thielen, um, because a lot of, uh, a polarizing guy in FFPC drafts right now has been Justin Jefferson after his big rookie season coming out of LSU, um, for, for Minnesota, he was awesome. He is going as wide receiver six at the two eleven. So basically the end of the second round. Todd, is that a guy that you would be wanting to be in business with there? Or would you look? to DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, D.K. Metcalf, A.J. Brown, one of those guys instead of Justin Jefferson, knowing that you don't like Thielen this year. Yeah, Justin Jefferson is too rich for my blood. See, we're talking about a rookie that did real good, and now everybody's on him thinking he's going to do the same thing or do better. So I, I, don't, I, don't, think, I don't like him. I like, uh, I like Keenan Allen. I like um, Metcalf and Lockett. I'm not sure because I don't know if Russell Wilson is staying in Seattle. Right. Like, yeah, that's a tough one, man. Think about it. If Russell Wilson's gone and they have an average quarterback, Metcalf and Lockett are not going to be doing what they're doing. So, uh, I like – go ahead. 
You know, no, it's, I, I, like you're right. You know, if Russell Wilson's gone and they haven't also ran a quarterback or an average guy, Metcalf nor Lockett, well, maybe Lockett to, to a certain extent, but Metcalf for sure will not be paying off at his current ADP value in FFPC drafts right now because everybody is falling all over themselves drafting DK Metcalf. Once again, wide receiver seven, that's one spot behind Justin Jefferson Metcalf going at the 301. So basically, if you're looking at receiver, Michael Thomas is off the board, and you don't choose Justin Jefferson, most FFPC drafters are choosing DK Metcalf right now. And that's the thing, man. If, if Wilson's not there, Metcalf and Lockett, they have their, they have their uh, redraft values tank. Exactly. And another guy, if you really think about this, just imagine if this team gets a quarterback and gets a good number two receiver, Terry McLaren. Imagine yeah. if they get a number two receiver, and imagine if they get a good quarterback. That guy's a stud, man. So it, it, all these quarterbacks and all these quarterbacks and receivers and situation, we just don't know what's going to happen. Like I said, Keenan Allen. Imagine if the Chargers lose Hunter Henry. Now I think Keenan Allen's even more valuable. Right. If Hunter Henry walks, if Hunter Henry walks, that means more options in the red zone for Keenan Allen, and he's already a stud. So we just got to see how this plays out, and you got to kind of. Go with the gut. If you're drafting early like I am, you kind of go, got to go with your gut and think that you know a little more than the beat writers and you know a little more than everybody else, and you go ahead and roll the dice, man. Going with your gut, taking chances, that's all about early spring uh, drafting in the FFPC. Certainly, Todd, you have embraced that, no question. I think Keenan Allen's an interesting guy. I think the Vikings passing game is uh, no question a a, 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 a section of fantasy football where you have to get that right and if you do you are going to have such an advantage in trying to cash a lot of money in 2021 you already cashed a lot of money in 2020 not just with the 20 grand in the ffpc but you are a part of the circa survivor pro football contest first ever yeah yeah uh, that it has ever happened in las vegas this past year there was a tie at the end of 17 weeks, and uh, everybody basically chopped up that $1.4 million grand prize. It was, it was great for you, Todd, because not only did you get that $68,000 or whatever it was, you got it twice because you had two entries tied for the whole thing. So that was right under $140,000. Tell us what that payday was like in cashing those checks when you went out to Las Vegas to claim them. Yeah, that was the uh, first time I ever did a Survivor. So basically, you pick one game a week, no point spread, and if you win, you move on to the next week, and you can't use that team again. It was 1,390 entries. 35 of us had a split. You said 1.4. It was 2.39 because the owner 2.39. at Circa, yep, the owner at Circa, Derek Stevens, threw in a million out of his own money if anybody went undefeated, he didn't think anybody oh. was going to go undefeated. So well, we you chopped really it up two point three nine. Yeah, and then so, uh, it was a thousand dollars to get in. I had three teams, and I had the same team on three entries. And then in week nine, I decided to take Philly over Giants, two teams with the same entry, and the Philly lost. And then the rest of the way, I said, you know what? Let me go. 
with one team all the way through, and it went it went all the way through, and then the last week, I was the whole plan was taking New England. I had New England left. They were playing the Jets, and the Jets won the last what two out of three. Remember, yep. they beat the Rams, and they won a few other games. So, and then New England started losing. So I'm like, oh my god, I don't want to take New England. <laughs> so it, it worked out, man. I had Washington left Thursday. Their injury report came out, and uh, Coach of Philly basically, Miles Sanders ain't playing. Uh, Wentz ain't playing. Hurts, the quarterback, Hurts is only going to play the first half. So they were definitely tanking, man. So I, uh, so I took Washington on both. I went to Vegas. I threw 20000 on Philly. So if I lost in the contest, I was going to get $50,000 in real money right then and there, just in case I lost the contest, I want to get something for going that far. So I won the contest with two entries, and I lost 20000 cash on the hedge. So I walked away with uh, 138 Go ahead. Well, it, it, so congratulations, number one, on that. And, and certainly the hedge is, is, is well worth it. Um, did you, so were you going out there every week or did you have a proxy? How did this work for I you with proxy. this circus survivor? You did. Okay. Yeah. I, All had right. a pro- I had a proxy, the best proxy in Vegas, Maddie. He's been there a long time. Supercontest.com. Yeah. Maddie and Tony, they're, they're, yeah, real professional. They've been there a long time. They, they do everything the right way. So I went there the last week just to hedge and watch the game. <laughs> Year. Todd, when when you look at um uh what you did in 2020, nearly twenty thousand dollars in in FFPC best ball winnings, nearly a hundred and forty thousand dollars. You just said um you know with after the hedge, it was a little bit less than that in in the uh, Circus Survivor winnings. Do you have that money earmarked for something? The better part of two hundred thousand dollars? Are you reinvesting? What are you doing with that cash, man? Oh, I'm buying something that uh where Farrell lives. I'm buying a brand new Corvette, <laughs> man. There you there go. There you go, baby. Nice. Made with a little oh, Kentucky yeah. pride. What color are you going oh, with? Oh, yeah. I ordered, I ordered that Corvette from New Hampshire because New Hampshire is the second largest Corvette dealership allocation-wise. They get about 160 a month. So I called the guy up, and the uh, guy was real cool. And I said, hey, man, I want a bunch of money. I want to buy a brand-new Corvette, and I want you to help me build it. And I'll throw you some money. I'll PayPal you some money. So – the guy's like, whenever you're ready. So the next day I called him up, hopped online. The dude's like, how much you want to spend? I said about 80000 So I was on my laptop. He was on his, phone, his uh, computer. And basically with the new cars, whenever you click, like the rims or the seats or the spoiler, right away mm-hmm. it shows what it's going to look like. So this dude is helping me build it. So basically I, I threw him 500 bucks on PayPal. And this guy's like my best friend now. He texts me all the time. Give me an update where I'm at. On the great list. story. Well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to drive that car to Kentucky <laughs> to play in the KFFSC. A bit of like a bringing the car home. And then it's going to be too tough to drive it back. You leave it here. I will drive it to Las Vegas <laughs> to the FFPC and meet you there, and then you can drive it home. So then we'll work lot. on that. 
Farrell. That's a lot of miles, man. I can't be putting those miles on that car, man. Come on. Oh, no, man. You got to teach it to run. As long as you teach it to run early, it'll run long. That's one of yeah, Balky's I... rules. He taught me that. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I got you, man. True. Like, it, like once you, the, the first 100,000 miles, man, that goes a long way. So don't worry about that, Todd. Like, Todd Farrell I'm already thinking about resale. You know, being a gambler, I'm already talking about resale value. What happens if I need the money later on down the line? I might have to sell uh, you're it. Not gonna, you're going to be driving that car 15 years from now. You don't want to sell it. <laughs> and I'll so, tell you man. this, ladies and gentlemen, for anybody thinking that, Todd Kohler is worried about having to resell his brand new Corvette after buying it after such a, a successful 2020 season. They all know, Todd, that you will not have to worry about that because more big things are uh, in store for you. I certainly wish you all the best in all your 2021 drafts, every draft going forward. Congratulations on your big 2020 season. That's awesome, man. And, and most of all, Thanks for carving out a little time on a Friday night to talk a little fantasy football with me and Farrell. Uh, good luck the rest of the way. Hopefully we'll, we'll hook up in Vegas sometime soon. And, uh, and, and we'll talk to you again, uh, hopefully, uh, in the near future. Todd, congratulations, man. Hey, man, thanks for the kind words, man. I really appreciate it. You know, it, it's hard work, and uh, I'm not cocky or arrogant. It takes a, a lot to win money and, and a lot of uh, sleepless nights and nerve-wracking and everything else that comes along when you gamble. You already know when you gamble, there's highs and lows. And uh, I had a good year, and, you know, thank God. And uh, I enjoyed the podcast. I live Friday night. I'm older, so I don't go out no more on Friday nights and drink and get crazy. I'm an old guy. So I'm in bed at an early time, and uh, I need my beauty sleep, man. And then, uh, by the way, my name is Love My Baxter because of my dog. So my dog's waiting for me right now downstairs. He was already scratching on the door upstairs. So I got to go back and attend to him. But love you guys. Thanks for having me anytime. And then uh, look me up on Love My Baxter on uh, Twitter. And I'll do more podcasts, man. Give me a shout out. Thanks, Ty. Thank Thanks you, so Todd. much, Todd. We appreciate it. Absolutely. You follow oh, and, and Todd, and Todd brought it up. You follow him on Twitter at DGFL9. But if you look at Twitter or, you know, his name for the Circa Survivor Contest, it was always Love My Baxter. If you ever see that, I'm sure you will see it going forward. That is Todd Kovler, and he is Love My Baxter at DGFL9 on Twitter. And, but, you know, we, we have a lot of people come on this show that have Twitter accounts that aren't extraordinarily active. Todd is very active. Todd is no. massively active, and he is always sharing his thoughts on fantasy football and much more. And he may or may not give out some, uh, some picks against the spread uh, or for the spread from time to time too. So Todd Kovler, great stuff from him, Farrell tonight. And I don't know if I have a whole lot to, to recap this interview, but I, I, I think the, the thing I take away from, from Todd tonight, you know, say what you will about uh, roster construction, say what you will about drafting early. Mm-hmm. The thing that, that I take away from Todd talking to Todd tonight he has extraordinarily strong convictions. And even when yeah. your convictions sometimes can be wrong, um, it, it, it is a great method and it is a great way to draft teams because you always feel strongly about whoever you're taking in your draft. Yes, I can pick out three things that I think he's wrong about. But it doesn't matter <laughs> because he's right. 
about another 50 or 60. So it doesn't matter right, for yeah. him to be wrong about those three. And I can tell you this, he's not changing his mind either. And now when, there's a lot of guys that are listening to the show, and they may say, well, how do I compete against that? I don't have the experience to compete against that, or I'm not going to buy right. that many teams. And that's not a problem. We have a guy that played in Kentucky a few years ago. He says, I've never played fantasy football before. I said, good, you don't have any junk in your head. See, he plays a lot of events, and sometimes there's some bleed over. You know, he's got a little bit of DFS in his Robinson evaluation. What he's forgetting about Robinson is he catches passes. Not that he gets yeah. catches passes. He catches all the passes from a mixed bag group of quarterbacks. And he's about to get his own shiny sports car at quarterback, just like Todd is getting. So it's a situation with Robinson. He didn't have – he had two bad games this year, once against Baltimore and once against Detroit. And in both of those games, he had big, big bounce-back games. So I'm a big Robinson believer, and I think you can draft him anywhere. He's going to look more at Pitts. He's going to scout Pitts more and realize he's a much different tight end. He's going to see Waller in Pitts, and that's the one thing he's going to change his mind about. And he's not going to change his mind on Locke, but I would tell everyone that the Denver Bronco receivers are valued at where they're being drafted because Locke had a new offensive scheme last year. He had no training camp to put it together with. He was assembling the guys. He was assembling the guys to work out with in the offseason, and he lost his number one receiver. And his his top tight end, who's an excellent player, played hurt all year. I'm not saying that Locke is going to take a team to the championship, but Locke is going to service those receivers, and it's, it's going to be a different kind of quarterback uh, in, in Drew Locke. So those are just some of the things that I took away from that. Everything else about, you know, I tell you what, I got to find out when he's going to Vegas because uh, uh, I've got to join him sometimes as things return to normal because he taught oh. me an excellent hang. Yeah, no, he will be. And and I should bring this up too. I, I was exchanging some emails with last week's guests, John Campbell and Tim Walsh. Farrell, they are very excited to uh, share a beer with us in, in Vegas uh, th- this coming September because they'll be out there and they're very excited to uh, rehash our interview and talk a little fantasy football with us uh, right before uh, their draft coming up I- ahead of the 2021 season. No, beautiful. It'll be great. I want to get to, and I know we're way over time. I promise the listeners we will get to your emails next week. Well, I'm not promising because I promised the last three weeks and it hasn't hit yet. The last thing I want to get to, Farrell, um, we've seen Stafford go to the Rams. We've seen Jared Goff go to the Lions. Um, have we seen the biggest quarterback moves already this offseason, or is there a bigger one in store like Deshaun Watson or, so, or somebody of that ilk to switch teams that is going to turn fantasy football on its head? That would be foolish to keep him in Houston if he so vehemently doesn't want to be there and he's going to pull a Le'Veon Bell on him and show up in week 10, which he could legitimately do. So um, they've either got to change his mind and and get in. But every day that appears to get uh, much more difficult. So I I I thought that could all come together. Uh, there's so much more to that story that we don't know that we can only guess about. So 
that's that's something that will happen. I expect Wilson to stay. I think for fantasy football purposes, uh, where Fitz ends up is going to be fascinating because he's got football left in him. And just think what you would do with uh, uh, the Washington Football Club if he landed there. Zach Wilson is a player in this draft that nobody is talking about, but Zach Wilson right. has uh, Mahomes tendencies. Uh, uh, Mahomes can throw passes um, from a variety of um, placement angles feet. And if, if you look oh, at yeah. Wilson, he does the same thing. You know, there were a lot of scouts when they were coming uh, when Mahomes was coming in the league, says this kid can't play. He has no footwork. Well, you know, the Wilson Wilson is a, is a little more of a traditional quarterback, but he can make those odd moves as a quarterback. I, I, I really like that player, and he could elevate uh, certain receivers if you drafted. Uh, a lot of people have him penciled in uh, with the Jets. So, yeah, I know we, we got a lot of uh, – We've got a lot of things happening with the quarterback. We've got a quarterback climbing the rookie boards uh, from Alabama named Mac Jones. Uh, yeah. it, it's uh, it's fascinating times at the quarterback position, which makes fantasy football so much fun. Fascinating times with the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event, which is taking registrations right now. Um, you can draft yes, in Cincinnati. Sir. You can draft in Louisville. You can draft online. That is going on at KFFSC.com. And, of course, not just the main event that's available, the big payback, the auction, the I Want Vegas. Of course, uh, there's a dynasty startup going on out there at KFFSC.com. Uh, which is very intriguing. And, of course, you always have a lot of draft masters going on. I'm participating in one right now. And the classics, KFFSC classics, I'm in one right now. I can't wait for it to fill to try to uh, win a lot of money there. Um, and, and hopefully the listeners tonight can hop aboard and make that happen. I'm loving it at KFFSC.com. Farrell, thank you so much for providing such a great contest there. Thank you for being a uh, great co-host here. And we'll do this again next week, dude. Be good. My pleasure, Balky. See you then. Farrell Elliott, you can follow him on Twitter, at Elliott. Follow the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship on Twitter at KFFSC.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for tonight's show, this week's show with the High Stakes Fantasy Footballer. I want to thank Todd Kovler. I want to thank Farrell Elliott. I want to thank the FFPC. Rob, our producer and mutual friend, and Bryce, our audio engineer, and my best friend, and of course, all of you for listening live or downloading or streaming this later on uh, in the week. We appreciate it. Happy birthday to former guest of the show and long time, long, 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 long time uh, high-stakes fantasy football player with the FFPC, Paul Miley, celebrating a birthday today. Paul, thank you so much for your patronage, and happy birthday to you. We will return next week, 10-9 Central. This is a doozy. 2020 Best Ball League Champion, 2020 Dynasty League Champion, 2020 Football Guys League Championship uh, winner. It is Chris Kearney that is going to join us on the show next week. Uh, kind of a fresh face when it comes to uh, FFPC uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football, but had a lot of success last year, and he is uh, really, really taking it to a new level as far as 2021 goes. We'll talk to him next week. 
uh, register for Best Ball League, the Dynasty Orphans today, as well as the Dynasty Startups and the 2021 Football Guys Players Championship Early Bird. Get that free $35 uh, uh, a team into your account right now. Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown from Gilbertson, as well as the KFFS podcast out there with Cyril and Rob Fetcher. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. if I brought this up last week or when it was, but I know I mentioned that it was going to go sturgeon spearing um, here in Northeast Wisconsin. Yeah, that's the thing where you get up super early, you cut a hole in the ice and you stare at the lake uh, water in the hole that you cut for essentially 10 straight hours and try to uh, spear a prehistoric sturgeon fish. I did it for a couple hours with my kids. No luck. Uh, hopefully next year I have some better luck. That is just an update for anybody who is wondering about that, which is probably like two or three people. So I'm just updating you uh, on how that goes. Uh, I want to thank not only the Quiet Howlers, but Frederick the Younger for our outro music tonight. Remember to check out all their music, quiethowlers.com, fredericktheyounger.com. Uh, great stuff from them. Again, Farrell does represent them, but still two of my favorite rock bands out there right now great stuff from them we will be back next week ladies and gentlemen i hope you enjoy your weekend remember to jump in on all the leagues the ffpc has to offer and we'll talk to you again soon thanks so much for patronizing the high stakes fantasy football hour